This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com. We are part of the Paramount Podcast Network. I am Mike Kazaza here one more time to offer a preview of the 2022 football season that gets underway first spring practice august 1 to help me out chris anderson chris people are buzzing about this portal we've opened here talking about bringing a player from the past to this present team we did it with offense kind of walked our way uh blindly down the hallway trying to figure out how we're gonna use the past to address the present ended up on different sides of the coin here as the who we'd use from Big 12-era WVU to address the offense. And what we found out is that the offense does have some soft spots, but not obvious fixes here because who they have is still pretty good. Totally different story on defense, I guess, huh? <laughs> because there are there are some soft spots that we think could be adjusted. Also, there's a number of them, so how do you pick one? But also, the way that they play defense now is very different than how they played in the past. So a really good player might not fit in this scheme, which seems kind of a strange thing to say because you fit your best players in the field, the old best 11. Maybe it's not quite that easy here. Um, what have we learned about the defense as we expected to line up in 2022 and who or what might be upgraded by opening this portal from the past? Uh, on offense, I think we were looking at places that we could go from good to great or from uncertain to certain on defense i just think you're looking at four or five six spots one spot you wish you could you could really upgrade but not sure where to who to go there um other spots where you just don't know what west virginia has you have so many new guys back in that secondary uh, again we're going to spend a lot of time on that or at least i am on that secondary spot uh spots um, and who's going to fill in and where and who do you trust? And I think that's that's the biggest difference for me between this offense and defense when we're doing this exercise is on offense, you kind of know what's there. Like a lot of those guys are back from last year or the past two years. On defense, it's all new guys. And it's is this young guy going to step up and, and do well in his first year truly playing? Or is this veteran who transferred from FCS or group of five going to have his success and talent translate to big 12 football do i trust that that's going to happen if i do then i go somewhere else if i don't then i go here because it's important and this made it a lot more difficult on defense than it was on offense yeah so let's let's stick right here for a second too um what i find about what the coaching staff has at least endeavored can't say accomplished but at least endeavored in the offseason actually heck maybe they have accomplished this They've given themselves options, and I said this about basketball too. They're not going to be stuck in a corner where they have to play a certain way or have to do a certain thing to get out of a bad situation. Um, they have different players at the spots that have playing time available. And beyond that, they have different ways to play at those positions. So the personnel is different, but also the packages are different too. 
So to have a plan A and a plan B and a plan C, I love a plan. Again, in the offseason, about the best you can do in some situation is just have a plan or have multiple plans. I kind of like that. So you might look at a position in the secondary and say, that's got to get better. But you might also look somewhere else and say, well, that has to get better too. And one of those, and maybe even multiple positions, you can get behind the idea of, I, I like who or what they have going there. It could work out. And then you put a, a stronger focus on something else here too. I think that's an accomplishment for the coaching staff in the offseason. I said that that was an endeavor, but I think realistically you could you could hope to get that done. At least give yourselves options, and they have done that too. So I have a feeling we'll spend a lot of time in the secondary positions, but let me start up here for a second too. Uh, we're going to omit one person from this conversation, correct? Go ahead. Reservance is not fair. Right. Okay. Having said that, Chris, if he was on the table – and knowing what we know about the defensive line and thinking maybe what we think about the defensive line, is that such an obvious pick? It depends on whether or not you think he can play bandit. There we go. Because all we've heard for years now, ever since this this coaching staff arrived and this defense started with Vic Koning, is that bandit is important. It's the the key you know it's the straw that stirs the drink all that all those idioms like but we haven't seen it we've seen almost no production out of that position and the defense has been fine maybe even better than fine above average Mm -hmm. um so is it that important can bruce even play there bruce Irvin play there if he does play there and that position is so important if you all of a sudden get massive production from the bandit position, like a Bruce Irvin type pass rusher at that bandit position. Does this defense just instantly go from above average to absolutely elite because that position is so important or was the importance of that position overblown um, in the first couple of years? I, I don't know the answer to that, but I think if you're asking me, are you taking Bruce Irvin if he's available? It all depends on whether I think he can be a stand-up bandit. And my answer to that is yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my answer to that is yes. So I, I think I would take him and just roll the dice with what you got in the secondary. Because if you're unsure about your secondary, you know what helps out? Uncertainty in the secondary? A guy who's going to get 15 sacks. So, yeah, I'll take Bruce Irvin and bandit. So we're going to exclude him. But, again, this leads to my point here, too. We would think about him as a defensive end. That's how he's used before in a three-three-five. This is a four-two-five that they run now. And the fourth is that bandit who can be, if not hand on the ground, um, more likely, more often than not, is going to be a stand-up. You know, a guy who is going to come around the corner from like a sprinting stand-up position there, which is what he was pretty good at sometimes in college too. And, and that would make a lot of sense too. But again, they have options here. They have ways to do that. Can they? conjure up enough pressure we'll see that was my big concern from our preview podcast a couple of days ago what can they do organically or schematically to get pressure boy bruce Sermon would take a lot of weight off your shoulders if he could do that and then conversely they've had some very good defensive linemen through the years i'm just not sure that like i'm subbing guys out that make a lot of sense here i, I kind of like alston um and stills jefferson would be an interesting one and you might say give me darius stills in the middle i don't want to take any thunder away here too but you kind of get the fact that their defensive line could be good. Uh, linebacker, Chris, uh, there's a lot of buzz about linebacker. <laughs> Some of the stuff I read in like PFF and other preview magazines when I was, not when I was vacation, but when I was traveling to vacation and back, very optimistic. And then some conversations I had with people at Big 12 Media Day, they, they kind of like the potential of, of the Dixon-Coba bandit possibilities there. But again, here's the question. 
if you're taking out one of those three guys, who are you putting in? Like, who's been their best will the past couple of years? David Long, sure. But is David Long so much better than Lance Dixon that you would neglect other needs and other soft spots on the defense? Probably not. Same question for Mike. You know, who's your best Mike the past couple of years? Is it Al Benton? Um, is it whomever? Go ahead. Uh, quit. Kudikowski. I was going to go to him, yeah. But again, would you take out Lee Koba, who may be very good, and again, just kind of abandon other other concerns you have. So that's that's where we get to be pretty curious about this, too. Um, two or three linebackers, depending on what you think about the bandit. I don't see a lot of changes you want to make, especially when we're omitting Bruce Irvin. But that leads to this. Who from the past would be a bandit? Because we, we banded about one or two names, and it's it's kind of hard to figure out who would be a bandit from the past that would work right now and be an obvious choice where, like we said, that's supposed to be the slice bread position. It's it's so important that it's almost not important now the way that they've explained it away. But man, if they had a dynamic guy there. Awesome. If not Urban, who? I don't know who that is. I don't either. Uh, I think you do again. You look just as you mentioned with the defensive line. Like, could you get some upgrades? Because there's been some good defensive linemen. Yeah, sure, but you're talking going from like a B to an A. I'm not trying to, if we're making moves here, I'm not trying to go from B to an A. I'm trying to go from like a, a, a C minus to an A plus or something like that. And so I've almost entirely, I've entirely ruled out any changes on the defensive line. Then you get the linebacker, kind of similar things with Will and Mike. Uh, Lance Dixon really finished strong last season. And I'm expecting that to continue. So again, are you asking, me to upgrade that spot i don't know if i want to waste that spot right now uh, as good as west virginia's had at linebacker at will and mike too again you hear so many good things about lee Koba, so i rule that out bandit i really considered that i did but who uh again we don't i'm just kind of rehashing what you just said here bruce Irvin would be a fit but outside of that i don't know who else is is truly fit for that position from the past 10 years that would make a tremendous difference over what west virginia has right now which then leads me to okay now i'm staring at four of the five positions at in the secondary and trying to figure out which one is needed most let's do it let's do it because is that where you're at i mean you're 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 finishing up you your your trail led you to secondary as well i did have a thought about bandit Go ahead. Let's let's do that then. Let's get that out of the way before we go secondary. I just look at guys who have been th- that hybrid and who have gotten stats and pressure. And like the two I come up with are Kaiser White and Terrence Garvin. But man, they both feel like Spears more than than Bandits, even though both have been, I would say, productive NFL linebackers. Um, and you figure if Cowan, Vandarius Cowan, could play Bandit, and Jared Bartlett can play Bandit, and Linnell Carr can play Bandit. Um, okay, well, why couldn't Kaiser White? Could Kaiser White play Bandit? I think so. It's a hard one to say no to right now. Right, we might be getting away from the spirit of the exercise if we start doing that, though. Bartlett's 6-2-235. That's pretty much what White is. Mm-hmm. But is Bartlett ideal Bandit? That hasn't been the answer so far so maybe you can't do that but no i did not go with that i did think a lot about that and i also thought about white and other positions too but uh yeah i did stick with the secondary but i just want to say that i gave thought to 
that bandit and players in the past, which just puzzled me. Because again, Garvin, White, uh, Irvin's the obvious one, but really, and maybe that's part of the problem. Problem's not the right word. Maybe that's part of the complication they've had so far. It's a very particular skill set and the combination of size and speed and ability that it's probably not easy to find at the power five level. It could just be a struggle right now. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in the future, but that might just be the explanation right now. But yeah, secondary for me. Let's go. All right. Wait, one last thing for you. David Long, too small for Bandit? Probably not because he was so good and refused to get blocked. Like, that was his skill. I don't know who coined that phrase. It might have been Tony Gibson. It might have been me or whatever. But, like, it was so apparent that, like, that dude would not get blocked. And I just, I don't know how you would block him running free at you over and over and over again from that side. Uh, but, yeah, we're talking, like, 5'11", probably, probably too small. Yeah, because I think I'm looking at, you know, the pressures, uh, according to PFF, for West Virginia, pressures on the quarterback. Um, the top two over the last, uh, their numbers only go back to 14, so this wouldn't include 13 or 12 when we're talking Big 12 guys here. Uh, like, definitively, are Noble and Chuak, no, not Chukwu, um, and David Long. And then there's a pretty big drop-off to, I think, Darius Stills after that. Um, like in, in a single season, not overall. They think I think Noble's like way up there um, for a career too. He, he he was a little more productive, I think, than people remember. But probably not going six two two seventy five at Bandit. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if I'm going five ten five eleven at Bandit either. So yeah, and the reason David was so good and also a will is because he was a will who wasn't dealing with like the extra blocker on that side. He was coming from the weak side and he was great. He went to space and he, and he ran through space to make plays, but he made the most of the territory. A lot of him because of his position, it would be very different real estate as a bandit. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we can go on a second. I just wanted to talk that out loud for a second. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead. What do we think here? And again, I think, I think the, the biggest thing is one, I think maybe we go, all right, good at right corner, I believe is where they have Charles Woods. So I'm I'm not really considering there. And then I'm just walking through different things at, you know, left corner spear free and cat. Um, in my eyes, that spear position is the most important out of the four remaining spots. Mm-hmm. But I have been one of the biggest proponents of Jasir Cox, even though he's still listed as a backup on the preseason depth chart. He has been a guy that I've circled as a difference maker for this defense this year. I'm expecting him to, I'm expecting his FCS success to translate to Big 12 football. And that is where he is going to play. So if I believe that, why do I need to make a change there with someone like um, Kaiser White? Or, and I know this might rub some people the wrong way because he left and was, but Tyke Smith, I mean, his one year, that spear where he, he was just amazing. Ooh, that's a good pick. Is, is like that. That's might be what you want there. Like that's that he was like the perfect spear before he left. So do you go there again? It, it, I, I feel like I'm betraying my own predictions about Jasir Cox. So I'm not going there. But I'm throwing it out there. Would you like to take the lead on this now? I like their plan again. Like that's a guy that, that could be a linebacker and could be safety and can play there. Um, Mallinger has all the the physical 
plaudits that I think are supposed to have. They like him close to the ball that he can run. Um, I don't know who else would be up, out there doing stuff too. But then I was, I was just kind of looking back and like, would it again, would it be Kaiser White? Would it be Terrence Garvin? Um, I don't think you could ask David Long to do that. Like, I just, I could see better needs elsewhere in the secondary and those other two positions, uh, including the, the one I picked there too. But like, I, I was just going through and looking at some people who had just like a ton of tackles, but also like PBUs and things like that. And you're, you're looking at like a small list of guys who could do things. And, and I just wonder like, would it work out there from the past to the present? So like, could a guy come in and just fly around and make a bunch of tackles? So like their 2016 defense is really good, but like, Jared Harper, was he going to play that spot? Probably not. Um, Kaiser White was there. I'm trying to think who else is good. Jeremy Tyler was a back-end safety. I just don't see a lot of people there that would make me go, yep, that's it, too. Um, and I don't know if it's because of you or, or whomever, but I do like a lot of things I've heard about just here, Cox. And then I think if they could find a way to play like Dixon, maybe extra low, if they had to in a certain spot, just to be a little bit different and have those guys run around and make plays. They're both athletic and really run, so... If worst comes to worst, worst comes to worst, that they could figure it out. But I, I couldn't find anybody that was a no doubt supplement from the past. All right, let me ask you this question because you're gonna under, you're gonna know these positions better than me. Mm-hmm. Carl Joseph, oh, he's there. He's there for the taking. Now, if he were a free safety, undoubtedly a free safety, I he he might be more solidly my pick. But his position, while not called a cat, is more like the cat, correct? The cat safety. When he was really good the year he got hurt, yeah, he was a free, wasn't he? That's what I was thinking, too. I, I don't know if my memory, I don't know if I was trying to remember that way, because, again, that's my pick, by the way. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Okay. It's Carl Joseph. If, if he is our, if he is a free, then... I feel like that's the answer. No offense to Hershey McLaurin, no offense to Aubrey Burks, but you give me that option, and that's that's the way I'm going, is Carl Joseph playing the free safety spot just because creating havoc for, for the reasons that I think getting a Bruce Irvin at Bandit is so important is the reason I think adding somebody like Carl Joseph at that free spot is so important because you want to create havoc, you want big hits, turnovers, all that stuff. And I think he does that if he's playing back there in that safety spot, which, again, for West Virginia this year is extremely young or at least FBS and experienced. Yeah, I mean, he could play cat, he could play free, and he could scare the hell out of you. Like, he just could. He could run around. And I, I just think people forget how good he was at the start of his senior year, which was, man, was it 15? Yeah. God, it's that long ago. But he's he's flying all over the place. He was covering slot receivers. He was playing – you know, from hash to the far sideline, knocking dudes out, uh, interceptions. I think he had some sacks. Like, he was so good that they were just like, you know what? He's our best guy on defense. Weaponize him. And I think you would deal with the free safety. Um, he he was just so good. Like, I, I mean, position be darned. Like, he was he was so fun to watch. He was like a price of admission guy on defense. And I, I feel so bad that his senior year got cut short like it did. But he was dynamic and, and was good before that, too. Coverage could have been shaky sometimes, but... Maybe you don't want that of a free, but the positives that he could bring you. And then also, by the way, come down and help him to run, set edges. Like, I just think the way they use our safeties here would be would have been really fun to watch him do that there, too. Um, I mean, almost like a no doubt for me. It was like one of those things like it was so easy. I was like, do we exclude him? But no, you can't do that. So 
we'll end with this, Chris. Cornerback would have been the other one. Mm-hmm. And they've had some good ones. Worley, um, Sewell. We can go through. And right now they have Charles Woods, who is surprisingly very good. Like, I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way, but, like, I'm surprised that he is thought to be a first-team preseason all-conference guy, um, which is a very strange thing. But, like, here, and here's the qualifier, too. There's 29 players in the preseason all-conference team. 28 of them had recognition from last year. And sometimes when you put those lists together, you're just like, okay, who's back and who was on the first-team, second-team honorable mention last year, and you put them in for your preseason ballot. The one exception, the 29th out of the 29 is him. How the heck did they find him? And they thought that he was so good that he was a first-team all-conference guy. Um, but that is your number one corner. And, again, one of the top corners in the Big 12. Uh, realistically, allegedly, whatever you want to call it, but that's the reality right now. Um, I'm not sure that that's a lead pipe lock that you would feel so good that your cornerback situation is okay. That said, I, I man, I'm, I've heard a lot of good things. I really like their options for that number two spot, which makes me think that, like, that could be good enough where, sure, put in Rasul, put in Worley, but then you're kind of neglecting your safety spots. Yeah, so that's that's eventually what my decision came down to was, again, I'm, I'm emphasizing havoc. I'm emphasizing turnovers. Uh, so Carl Joseph was my pick again, uh, but second was Rasul Douglas. Again, was what tied for the nation uh, uh, national lead in interceptions during his final year at West Virginia. You look at West Virginia's second cornerback spot. I mean, it's char- as far as experience goes at the at the Power Five level, it's Charles Woods and nothing else. Five, what five six games of Charles Woods and nothing else. That's it. Um, so, but you look at what's coming in and you look what's going around, and this is kind of where I ended up with was you look at the safety spots and what's happening at free. You got Aubrey Burks, who is a nice young player. But again, very little to no experience. Hershey McLaurin, a junior college transfer, very little to no experience. Cat safety. You have Marcus Floyd, who is a converted corner um, FCS transfer. And good good things from him in the spring. So maybe you feel confident about one of those two safety spots. And then Malachi Ruffin, former walk-on, as as the other one. So that that's your two deep at safety. And that that is why I went Carl Joseph. Because I really considered Rasul Douglas for a long time, but then you got Ajayi and McCormick, two guys who were excellent at their previous stops, transferring in. Ajayi from Colorado State, McCormick from JMU. You wonder how much is that going to translate? I think between the two of them and Andrew Wilson Lamp, between those three guys, I think you can find one to you know to, to be at least decent on the other side of the ball, opposite Woods. And that's ultimately what my decision came down to was I, I feel I feel more confident that one of those three or a combination of those three can be decent while I'm un, more uncertain about safety. So I leaned Carl Joseph over Rasul Douglas in my final two picks. Rasul Douglas as your cat. I like it. I mean, he started out as a safety. Like, I, I don't hate it. And be great playing man to man in this defense. So they're gonna play man like they want to be great too. Um, yeah, the 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 name that I've heard about that people have heard about. So I heard about this before I went to Dallas. Then in Dallas for media day, someone that we work with had talked to some people who do scouting and, and analytic analysis, but also had talked to West Virginia coaches or people at West Virginia I should say. And the Rashad Ajayi buzz was shared. 
Um, but between him and McCormick, who was very good, and Wilson Lamp, they got guys who can do it. And I just think that they're going to find one there. It could be a hot hand. It could be a guy who's just clearly better. It could be a combination. But they're going to be okay there. But those, those safety spots, fewer options, um, plan, even fewer plans, I think. Um, when you're moving a guy from corner, who's an FCS All-American to safety, I think that may be good for him, but it may also kind of point out the situation where it may need some help in that back end. Um, Joseph was the buck safety, by the way. Uh, and the depth chart to start the 2015 season. Do you know who the free safety was? Drayvon. Pretty good secondary there, huh? Yeah, not bad. What the heck is a buck? I have no idea because I think it was well, it was called something else before that. Um, uh, what was it called? Because like the Big before, cat? was it the strong? Yeah, I think it was just called strong safety before that. But yeah, so buck safety. I don't know. We got to make all cool names for all those positions so you can tell kids they're going to play it. I would still hold fast to my point that he could be fine at at a free safety spot. I don't think there's any issue there. Like, can you play free free safety, please? Yeah. Have you seen me play football at all? I can play free safety. I think that would have been the conversation we would have had. Yeah. 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 But that's just me. All right, uh, and that's just this episode here. Uh, it's going to be a little bit long again, as we are prone to do. But hey, we just occupied a little bit more time before the start of the season here. We'll be back when it gets going. Covering it sideline to sideline. Heck, goal line to goal line, Chris. What do you, what do you say about that? That sounds good to me. Are you are you running goal line to goal line? Um, yeah, I am again. Yeah. <laughs> Legs good. We're all good. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. Talk to you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.